Yechezkel chapter 28. So we're still in the middle of the prophecies concerning Tsar, Tyre, three chapters. And previous chapter described Tyre as the, the center of world commerce. There's an extended description of various nations bringing merchandise to Tsar and the ship that Tsar has, beautiful ship, the pilots of the ship, those that work on the ship, quite an astonishing description in chapter 27. And all of this leads, in the beginning of chapter 28, to haughtiness. And we began already in 27, we looked forward to 28 for a moment, and the chapter, our chapter 28, describes the pride of Tsar, and focuses specifically on wisdom or insight, Chochmah. For example, chapter 28, verse 4, Through Chochmah and Tfuna. Chochmah and Tfuna, two words for wisdom, are two of the words that are used to describe the wisdom that it took to build the Mishkan, to build the sanctuary in the desert. Pitzalel, the great artisan, was filled with with the Spirit of God. Here in the case of Tzor, the wisdom is used to gain commercial success, but it leads towards a sense of pride, a sense beyond pride, as the person begins to think that he is godlike. Says chapter 28. You were haughty and said, I am a God, I am a deity. I sit enthroned like a God, in the heart of the sea, in the midst of the sea. But you are not a God, says the prophet. And the continuation of chapter 28, the beginning of chapter 28, is a critique of Tzor. For example, chapter 28, verse number 5. Because of your great Chochmah, is one of the words that appears many times in the previous chapter, it's trade or commerce. A rochel is one who goes from place to place, presumably a business person who travels from place to place. And that was one of the terms that's used in chapter 27. But over here I wonder about that term. Rov And I wonder about the word in this context. The Torah says, means, in the book of Ayikra, in Parshat Kedoshim, essentially, the way it's understood is do not go from place to place telling stories, slandering or telling stories. Rechigot. Rechigot in the Talmud means one who misspeaks. It could be that you go to someone and say to that person, what someone else is saying about you. 
So you create animosity, you create anger, and it could often lead to violence. The Torah says in the book of Ayikra, do not be horech rachil and lo tamod al dam reyecha. Lo tamod al dam reyecha lends itself to different interpretations. Do not stand idly by, or it could mean do not profit by the blood of your neighbor. In any event, the Torah links lorechet rachil with some kind of bloodshed, which is very interesting. And I suspect that over here in our chapter, which is 28, we have a similar thing. They are rochrim, but the haughtiness, the pride, the desire to have more, leads one, and the success, leads one to think that one is God, and that is dangerous, because that could lead to all kinds of negative things. If you think you can do whatever you want, you can decide life and death for the other. This leads towards bloodshed. So the prophecy employs the word rochel, both in 27 and in 28. Now in chapter 28, in the middle of the chapter, beginning at verse number 11, we suddenly have something different, a different take on Saul. And Yechezkel is commanded in verse number 12, Ben Adam, and suddenly, we have a description of Tzor, which presents Tzor as the perfect creature created in the Garden of Eden. The Eden Gan Elohim Hayita. You were in Aden, the Garden of God, Gan Eden. And now we have a description in chapter 28 of the Garden of Eden. So what's particularly interesting over here is that the description of the Garden of Eden varies greatly from the description of the Garden that we find in the second and third chapters of the Torah. One of the people that pointed this out was Kasuto, and Kasuto's claim was that the story of the Garden of Eden and the description of the Garden and the creation narratives in general are a response to other creation stories of the ancient Near East. That was his claim. And his claim, I don't know if he has evidence for this or not, but the claim is that we have here a more magical garden, as described in Yechezkel, and the Torah is going out of its way to say no. The Garden of Eden was a regular garden. There were trees, etc. Fundamentally, without eliminating all of the elements, which seem very uh, unusual, but fundamentally it takes a completely supernatural, magical garden and transforms it in the in the Chumash to much more of a natural garden. That was Kasuto's argument. Over here, for our purposes, let's take a look at a few of the verses in chapter 28, because I think they're very important in terms of the book of Yechezkel. They fit into a larger issue, a larger project of Yechezkel. So you were, referring to the king of Tzor, you were chotam tachnit, seal of perfection, full of wisdom and flawless in beauty. And you were in the Garden of Eden. 
Koevin Yikara Misucha Techa Odin Pidavi Alom Tarshishon Vyashvei Sapir Novech Uvareket Vizahav Molechet Tupecha Unikavecha Bach Biom Hibaracha Konanu. So the verse, which is verse number 13, describes the every precious stone was your adornment, and it lists nine different stones. It also lists separately gold. Gold was beautifully wrought for you. And what's particularly interesting about these stones is that fundamentally they appear on the breastplate of the Kohen in the book of Exodus, the Big Day Kahuna. And that is, to me, is very striking because the point of the temple, the Mishkan in the Torah, described in great detail at the end of the book of Exodus, the Mishkan draws from the two creation narratives in the beginning of the Torah. And over here we have an echo of that. In describing the Garden of Eden, this particular take on the Garden, every precious stone mesuchatecha, here the translation I have is your adornment, literally mesuchatecha is your covering, covered by these precious stones, and one gets a sense, one is reminded, that the Mishkan, the sanctuary, in the Torah is fundamentally a reworking of the Garden of Eden. It's not the Garden of Eden, but it's the alternative to Eden. So this perfect being, as it were, was created and placed in the Garden. Verse number 14, You, I created you as a cherub. A kruv is an angel. So the, the human being created in the garden, as described in Yechezkel, is not a regular human being, but rather a, a kruv, a cherub. Now we are reminded that in the banishment from Eden, the Torah says that at the entrance to Eden, God placed the kruvim, and they blocked the path, they blocked the re-entry. So the kruvim there, in contradistinction to the human. But in chapter 28 in Yechezkel, you were the kruv. This perfect being, mimushach hasochech, difficult word, mimushach, stretched out perhaps, stretched out, with stretched out covering, unetaticha bahar kodesh elohim ayita, betoch avnei You resided on God's holy mountain, suddenly the garden becomes a mountain, and you walked among stones of fire. Tamim ata you were blameless or perfect in your ways, miyomi barecha, at the time you were created, ad nimsa avrata bach, until wrongdoing was found in you. Now, what particular wrongdoing is not made clear in verse number 15, but in the next verse, we come back to that word rochel, berov v'chulatcha maru tochecha chamas, batechata, v'acharurecha mehar Elohim, because of your lawlessness, so could mean your far-flung commerce, your business, but again, the word rochel carries with it a negative piece, and because of that, you were full with Hamas. We are reminded that the Torah says that the world was destroyed. God changed God's mind, and God brings the flood. So I'll begin to recalling that perfect creation and the undoing of creation.
So that's how Tzor is represented here in this in this image that Yechezkel conveys in chapter 28. You were the perfect being, and there's the fall from grace. Why? Because you thought you held yourself as a god. And what's interesting is that, of course, that recalls for us the story of the Garden of Eden, where the snake says to the woman, the reason you can't eat of the fruit is because God doesn't want you to be like God, which does have an aspect of truth to it. So we have over here something very interesting, and this theme will continue over the next chapters, even though we're leaving Tsar in chapter 28, but the idea over here, the idea of Gan Eden, this image that is being recalled by Yechezkel, will play out in the other great prophecy concerning the nations, which of course is the prophecy against Mitzrayim, the prophecy against Egypt, which begins in chapter 29.